Whoops. You stumbled into that leadership position. You had a big vision, big ideas, but it hasn't gone quite as you planned. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Accidental Leader Podcast with your accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Welcome into episode number 19 of The Accidental Leader. I'm your host and fellow accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. First, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Your Marketing Company, Strategic Marketing, Strategic Planning, Branding, and now Website Design and, and Building and Hosting. You can visit us online at yourmarketingco.com. That's yourmarketingco.com. Now, let's get into this. I'm going to start with a quote. Three, two, one. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com, courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon. quote from a song and if you know the song i'm going to know how old you are and not only am i going to know how old you are i'm going to know a lot about your taste in music and i'm not judging when i say that here's the quote listen in things you called dead haven't yet had the chance to be born i'm going to come back to this quote in just a little bit as we wrap up the podcast i want to give you some backstory though I've shared some of my journey with you at various times throughout this podcast. On episode number three, my guest was Ash Davis, author of A Life Through Letters. And I've shared so many times how when I read that book four years ago, it changed me. It was probably one of the most simple books I've ever read. One of the most non-flashy books I've ever read. But it changed me. That book was a gut punch that changed the course of not only my leadership journey, but my life as a whole. Since then, I've become very nostalgic and continue to go back in my memories to learn and grow mostly, but sometimes just just think about where I've come from. So this isn't a very sentimental story personally to me I'm going to share today on the podcast, but I did reach back into my childhood to pull this one out and share with you. Think about how many times you say, I can't. Y'all have heard me talk about my elementary school, our teacher, Ann Griner, and the sign that was in her classroom that at the tender age of eight in elementary school, I didn't understand what it meant, but it read, can't, never did a thing. That was cool adult speak when I was eight. But at my age now, I understand what that means. We hold ourselves back. I can't because I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too dumb, I'm too tall, I'm too short, too rich, I'm too poor, you name it. I don't have time. The list goes on and on. And a lot of that goes back to the trauma in your past that's holding you back. Somewhere, someone or something said something to you. Most likely it wasn't true. It was their interpretation of something. Or it was them making themselves feel better by making you feel like shit. There's trauma in your past holding you back. 
Those lies in your head tell you what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. I think I've shared the story of my middle school trauma of being paralyzed, speaking in front of people. I couldn't. I just could not do it. At least that's what I told myself. I don't know where that initial trauma comes from. I still can't trace that back. But the one time that I did try, it ended up with 20 years of trauma that I eventually had to work through to be able to speak in a group of more than one person. And still to this day, sometimes I sit in a group of people. I think I'm not good enough. I don't think I have anything to offer. And of course, as the chair of my city planning commission, as the chair of a board of directors of a credit union, most importantly, leading my team at your marketing company in Uncommon. I have to tell myself that I'm the leader. I've been put in this position for a reason. Someone has trusted me. Someone sees something in me. Most likely more than I see in myself. I've got to work through that. And I've got to be the best that I can be for those people that have entrusted me with this position. So today I want to take you back to my days as a skating rink DJ. One of my very first jobs before I hit the airwaves at WHWK. My first job was DJing at the skating rink. Let me tell you, at the age of 15, when you have the power to play someone's request or not, you dangle that carrot in front of you and tease them for three hours. Maybe I'll play it. Perhaps maybe I'll never play it just because I could. Thankfully, I've matured since then. But at the age of 15, when you're given that power, look out. The skating rink DJ was one of my very first jobs. It was at Skate World in West Windsor, New York. I thought it was the shiz. So sad. That building now is a a volunteer fire department. So often I drive by that and I just think about how many good times I had in that building. I remember one of the songs that I used to play. It was one of the latest hits from who I thought was a novelty fellow, a one-hit wonder. His name was Scatman John. I can clearly recall so many nights. It was an upbeat song, and, and when I could feel that people were out on the floor and they were ready to, to let loose and that they needed a, a fast song to go to, I would pull this one out because this, this was a jam. It was back in November of 1994 when Scatman John had a major success with a song called Scatman. Now, before I go on with this story, we're going to rewind even further, well before 1994. Learn a little bit more about John Paul Larkin, otherwise known as Scatman John. Going all the way back to 1981 when his first studio album came out. He played piano on the album Animal Sounds with Sam Phipps, who was later a part of the band Oingo Boingo. If you remember that, bonus points if you know them. That's, that's really going back. Some wonder stuff. So five years later, after that album came out, it was 1986. Scatman John's first self-titled studio album came out. The music was great. I actually went back and listened to this. He's an amazing musician. Whatever reason, it just never quite caught on. It was just jazz. It was nothing different to capture the attention of jazz fans or music lovers. It was good, but it was nothing different. John Paul Larkin, now known as Scatman John, was an awesome musician. But he wasn't really being himself. He wasn't being his authentic self. He was playing other people's music. He was playing it safe. 
There was nothing to make him different than hundreds, even thousands of other jazz musicians. Time went on. Fast forward now to the early 1990s. John moved to Germany, tried to get a fresh start with his musical career. He knew he had something. He loved doing music. It was in his heart. It was in his soul. Share a little bit more about that story in, in just a few minutes. Music was his thing. Well, lo and behold, he discovered the Germans' appreciation of jazz and started booking gigs one after another. He started gaining a following in Germany. Pretty successful. Going from club to club, gig to gig. Now he's got a following. People are starting to talk about this John Paul Larkin guy. Several years later, fast forward in 1995, he had a huge hit with the song Scatman. Hit number one in numerous countries, sold over six million albums. You're wondering what that, that song is. Who, who is this scat man, John fella? If I play a clip of the song, you're probably going to recognize it. Tell me, do you remember this? Do you remember this? I'm a scat man. Yeah. It was a huge risk. He was combining jazz. He was combining scat, modern dance music, hip-hop, all into one sound. Scatman John, as he was now known, took a huge risk. He tried something no one else had tried before. He created this brand new sound, almost a new genre. It was a huge risk for a musician. Now that he had a following, he was doing something different. Would people continue to follow him? Would his loyal fans still continue to be loyal to him? Doing something different? But that was not the biggest risk that Scatman John ever took. As he began learning to speak as a young child, he had a severe stutter. And I mean severe. It was the cause of much trauma and ridicule through his childhood. In fact, in sixth grade, he was made to stand in front of the classroom and recite a current event that was happening at that time. He got up before he could say anything and muster up the, the courage to do it. He just broke into tears before he could say a word. Kids would make what he described as grotesque, stuttering-type sounds at him day after day. And maybe I relate to this story because the, the story I've shared with you about, about my middle school trauma and having to get up and, and recite the times tables in front of the class and, and how similar that was to Scatman John's experience in school. But he turned to music as an escape. He would go home. He listened to the scat sounds of Etta James and... And Pops, Louis Armstrong, started playing the piano. He said since he couldn't get words out, one way that he could express himself was by playing piano. And he found out that he was a pretty good musician. He wasn't humble in that part. He knew he had something in him. That there was a gift inside of him of music when he started playing piano. He had this to say in an interview. There's something special about people that are forced to ask who, what, when, where, and why from an early age. Why me? Why do I have this stutter? God, why did you give this stutter to me? Why do I have to deal with this? What is even the meaning of life? Skatman John later said, it's to be here in the here and now. When he recalled asking that question as a child, what is even the meaning of life? It's to be here in the here and now. During his many years of hiding behind his piano and jazz clubs, 
where he would go and play the piano, no microphone present, no singing, just playing the piano. He started abusing a lot of substances as a way to escape. It came to a head in 1986, almost dying from his substance abuse. I'll correlate that back. 1986, that's when he had that, that first self-titled album. And he started getting clean and things started happening for him. Through therapy and many 12-step programs, he gained clarity. He identified the lies he had been telling himself. Maybe I'm more than my stutter. Maybe that doesn't define me. Stop right there. Every one of you listening. Fill in the blank. Maybe I'm more than... What is the thing that defines you? Or think defines you? Maybe I'm more than my stutter. Maybe that doesn't define me. That is the statement you need to say right now. What is that thing that you allow to define you? Maybe I'm more than that. Maybe that doesn't define me. Shut up, John! That's what he would always yell at himself. Maybe I'm more than my stutter. These things that these horrible kids taunted me with and teased me with back in school. Maybe I'm more than that. Shut up, John! When he got clean and he started thinking clearly and he started saying things like, maybe I'm more than my stutter. Maybe that doesn't define me. Shut up, lies in my head. 1990s in Germany, he's found this new success. He was encouraged by his manager to get out from behind the piano and start incorporating more singing into his numbers. Oh, that was a gut punch for him. That, that was being very vulnerable to put a microphone in front of this talented musician who could play the piano like no one else, but had this horrible stutter and knew as soon as he opened his mouth, people would see it. And my guess is, if I'm getting inside of his head, if it's anything like me, the first time he opens his mouth and someone points at him and says, you got a stutter, man, and starts chiding him for it like they did back in school, that would be the end of it. But he was encouraged by his manager, get out from behind the piano, start singing, start being you. Of course, at first he was totally against it. He remembered that ridicule he was subjected to in his younger years back in school, but he eventually caved. His manager didn't give in. And Scatman John finally said, fine, I'll give it a shot. At one of his gigs, it was his first gig at a cafe in Berlin. He grabbed the mic and sang along to one of his piano numbers. He was met with a standing ovation. Think about that. Scatman John was more than his stutter. And it did not define him. He received a standing ovation. Not one person laughed or criticized him. They applauded. And it wasn't just to be nice. It wasn't just to be respectful. He put on one hell of a show. He went on to add more gigs and incorporate more singing into those gigs and enjoyed more and more success and applause for his unique sound. Let's go back to 1995 when he released his first album with this newly imagined sound of scat and dance and hip-hop all kind of combined into one, this new experiment. It was a slow start. He was a little bit worried. Have I done the wrong thing? But it started taking off, and it warmed up quickly. The song, that's the one I played you just a few minutes ago. 
It was all about his traumatic past and embracing who he is. He wrote it. He wrote the music. He wrote the lyrics. Let me share some of those with you. Think about how vulnerable this is as I share these words with you. This hip-hop, dance, scat, jazz song. How much meaning the words have. Everybody's saying that the scat man stutters, but doesn't ever stutter when he sings. But what you don't know, I'm going to tell you right now, that the stutter and the scat is the same thing. If scat man can do it, so can you. Some of the lyrics to his song, Scat Man. He turned his stutter into a scat, into one of his biggest talents. He turned what he thought was his biggest liability in this thing that defined him into a huge talent that brought him the most success he's ever seen. Later that year, he was the keynote speaker of the National Stutter Project Convention. I was able to go back and watch the video on YouTube. It's worth a watch. It's worth a watch to, to hear his words. He talks about his struggles with substance abuse, the origins of his sound, and how he came to see his stuttering as something immensely powerful. Not just for overcoming the shame of being a stutterer, but as a source of strength. For overcoming all barriers in life. This echoes the message of his lyrics. Back in the 90s, hearing that song on the radio, playing it at the skinny rink, it was just a fun dance song that made you move. Who in the world is this scat man fella? One hit wonder fella. Then the song slowly left the charts, and we may have remembered the tune, but forgot the song. And sadly, at that young age, I wasn't really listening to the lyrics. I wish I had. Because how powerful they are. John Paul Larkin was someone who believed music was transformative and just wanted to share it with the world. It was inside of his soul. Going back to him as a childhood, piano was his language. When he couldn't speak because of his stutter, or chose not to speak because of his stutter, piano was how he communicated. Like many of us, he was a person dealing with hurt and trauma that for years kept him from sharing his talents. Becoming a star didn't fix him. But it did make him realize that he was never broken to begin with. Just different. Let me say that again. Because these must be, might be the most impactful words I've shared on this podcast. For those of you dealing with trauma that's holding you back from being an authentic leader of your team, of your family, whatever you lead, whoever you lead. Becoming a star did not fix him. But it did make him realize that he was never broken to begin with, just different. He made that message his music. And for him, that was the most important thing he could do with his life. Perhaps that's a meaning we should hold on to for John and reflect on in, in your life. What talents are you holding back from because of past trauma? What is your stutter that you think is a liability that you can turn into scat? It could be your biggest success. How has that trauma impacted your journey as an accidental leader? I want to share a few more lyrics from this song. Scatman. Everybody stutters one way or the other. What is your stutter? 
Everyone struggles with something. Everybody stutters one way or the other. So check out my message to you. As a matter of fact, don't let nothing hold you back, because if the scat man can do it, so can you. Everybody's saying that the scat man stutters, but doesn't ever stutter when he sings. But what you don't know, I'm going to tell you right now, that the stutter and the scat is the same thing. I hear you all ask about the meaning of scat. Well, I'm the professor, and all I can tell you is, while you're still sleeping, the saints are still weeping, because things you call dead haven't yet had a chance to be born. I'm the scat man. Quote from one of John Paul Larkin, Scatman John's interviews. I hope that the kids, while they sing along to my song or dance to it, feel that life is not that bad at all. Even for just a minute. What are you struggling with right now? What is that stutter in your life that's holding you back? Let me ask that a different way. What is that stutter in your life that you think is holding you back? Because it's not the stutter that's holding you back. It's you. It's your mindset about that stutter and how you look at it. I think the most impactful line in the song Scatman is the quote, things you call dead haven't yet had the chance to be born. Those things that you refuse to do because of past trauma, because you think you can't, because you choose not to be vulnerable, you're calling those things dead. Yet they haven't yet had the chance to be born. Remember that sign in Ann Griner's elementary school art room? Can't Never did a thing. As accident leaders, it's so easy for us to not be vulnerable. To let the head trash define who we are and what we do as leaders. Let me tell you something. Some experiences I've had this week. Your team needs you. Your family needs you. They're looking to you for leadership. And if you're not leading them, they're going to go somewhere else. And find that leadership doesn't necessarily mean they're going to quit or leave. They're going to find a leader. They're going to find someone that will give them the answers they need and give them the support they need. You better hope that's you. That's something personally that I've learned this week as I've struggled with some leadership things with my team. That the things that I've been calling dead haven't yet had a chance to be born. Thanks for coming by again. Thanks for tuning into episode number 19 of The Accidental Leader. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate all the notes on on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and my email that you send me about this. It is so encouraging. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to this podcast and supporting me in this endeavor. This is The Accidental Leader Podcast. I can't wait for the next episode. We've got a great guest coming to you on that episode that I can't wait to share with you. Thanks again for listening. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com. 
courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon.